Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Empty Arena Podcast. This is Chris, and I'm sitting here alongside Andrew, Nick, and John. Uh, And today we're going to be talking a little bit about TLC. We'll recap that. Uh, We'll also touch on Raw and SmackDown. And because tis the season, we will look back on some uh, notable WWE Christmas moments, moments as well. How we doing, boys? You sound so that, great sitting right next that to us. Was, yeah, I mean, that was fantastic. That was a great open. <laughs> it's almost as if he's in the room with us. Oh, wait, he's not. <laughs> so close yet so, so clear. far. So clear. Chris, I want you to cut a promo one of these days. Oh, I will. I'll fucking, I'll chop you down at the knees, bruh. Bruh? Bruh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good at a promo. Uh, I hope uh, all of our fans heard your three-minute booking from last week. Um, yeah, and they actually did hear me talk about how uh, Finn Balor was going to hit Brock Lesnar with a car. I actually said that. I booked that. You know what's, um, you know what's funny, Chris? My sister is actually just, uh, she's buying a cat this week. She's adopting another cat named, named Pipsqueak. Nip. <laughs> she was inspired by the podcast episode. <laughs> That's actually a good name. Pipsqueak, all right. But so I, do we I just want to jump right into it, guys? Oh, go ahead, sorry. Okay, no, go. You had a question? No, 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 no. I just pledged to use the word pipsqueak, pipsqueak at least once every day. So, so you, I'm you actually said, doing pretty well with it. Yeah, sounds like you did. Just Damn, pipsqueaks. <laughs> Squeaks. All right, let's get into TLC. Mm-hmm. Tender so, loving care. So the, as we all know, there were uh, 12 total matches. Two of them were pre-show. Um, we're not going to go through all of them. Yes, we are because there's going to be... It was such a long oh, show. God. It was a long I, show. I had it on, and like I, I started late, so I started at I think maybe eight thirty, and I, I tried to get through as much as I could, and I did not fast forward. Had a little bit of issues with the network, like everyone else. We had some issues, yeah. And yeah. the freaking show ended at one a.m. when I was watching it. And I, I was like, oh my god, yeah. I did not yeah. think it was going to go that late. Yeah, it was a four and a half hour show. Oh, Easy. crazy! Four and a half hour show. And, oh, I think the best part of the show, oh, the, the the best part of the show though, was Taco Night at uh, at the Chris House. Oh my! Yes, Caroline outdid herself. She made uh, chicken tacos, uh, and they were scrumdillyumptious. They're not as good as my wife's tacos, Christina. Oh, she made tacos on Taco Tuesday. You can't have tacos on Taco Sunday. Oh, dear Ooh. God. I can, make, I can make so many jokes about what you just said. <laughs> yeah, we're all talking about our respective wives and significant others' tacos. But I will say... And their tacos. Uh, I will say that Greek yogurt does make a very good substitute for sour cream, folks. So try it out if you can. Yes, yes. That is a, that is a Carol Ann original. So I, wait, wait. I, so wait I, like, I Chub- no like Chobani? Not sponsoring us, by the way. <laughs> no, not like the, tr- the crap Chobani you eat. The flips. <laughs> Oh god, those are great. Speaking the of actual the Greek yogurt, like the fahe, it's a, a very very. That's how you pronounce it. Substitute. No, I thought, yeah, it was pro- I, thought, I thought it was pronounced phage. Foggy. That is, that is incorrect. That's the guy that makes the Marvel movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, a a very nice substitute for sour cream. So speaking of really good on the empty arena podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> speaking of uh, quality substitutes. One match in particular featured... <laughs> Great segue. Uh, what a segue. In, instead of a title hanging above the ring, it was a guitar was uh, was hung in its place. Elias defeated Bobby Lashley with, you know, with Leo Rush in a ladder match. A guitar on a ladder match. Mm. 
Mm. I, I, I didn't watch the actual, because that was on the pre-show, right? That was on the pre-show, yes. This epic which ladder is match. bizarre, which is bizarre to me, because Elias is one of your most over talents on the mid-card. Bizarre that he was on the pre-show. Uh, but the, the pictures that we saw the next night on Raw showed Bobby Lashley uh, hitting Elias with the guitar. I, I didn't see it, so maybe somebody could uh, shed some light on me. Well, just just, uh, just go look at the screenshots that they use on Money at Raw for the recap. Yeah, exactly. That's what I saw. <laughs> well, I was like, what the hell happened? I thought he lost. Yeah, basically Elias grabbed the uh, grabbed the guitar, beat Lashley. Leo Rush held uh, held Elias while Lashley was able to get up and took a guitar of his own and, and beat up Elias anyway. So. It's, oh, so there was a second guitar. Yeah, it was like classic 50-50 booking. Nobody looked weak nobody looked strong but it was just pre-show yeah they're just gonna keep this going for a little while longer i guess until they give elias something else okay well there was the mixed match challenge mm-hmm. finals and, and, who, and who was right folks who was right oh uh, yeah i was going awesome truth all the way awesome and it, truth. Was actually, it was it was a clean finish yeah, although I think Ginger Mayhall would have been uh, benefited now, a little more. I think so too. But now, since R Truth and Carmelo won, obviously they're going to go as the number thirty entrance in their respective Rumbles, um, which I don't understand how the hell that's going to work because R Truth is—he's R Truth. Maybe yeah, but maybe, maybe Carmelo I can see is going in as number thirty and lasting until the last couple of people. R Truth, I have a feeling he's just going to go there for the the laughs. Yeah, um, I think he, it's going to be a cheap laugh. I, I think so, too. Yeah. But they also got a paid, all, expen- all expenses paid vacation. And it's I don't know if it's like, it, it was pretty funny, but R-Truth put it in beforehand that they were going to WWE headquarters. Which is going to be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's going to be really funny. It's going to be some type of like social media play or like right? storyline. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if I like that though. That's such a it's a weird it's a, random yeah. thing. It's a very r truth thing to do. Yeah. It's you know it's within yeah, his character to be like just, yeah, it's building his character completely absent minded. I don't think he needs to build his character anymore. I mean, he's been absent minded for God knows how long. No, uh, not not in terms of building his character, but just staying true to his character. Like that's his okay. stick now. Like he's just gonna do like he's oblivious. He's not yeah, stupid. he's, he's oblivious. <laughs> If I had a quick second, can I ask if I could pose a question to the group? Now, being that Carmella and R-Truth are now the 30th entrance in their respective respective battle royals, right? Yeah. Doesn't that take away some of the mystique? Because uh, a lot of people... Yep. Of who number 30 is. Like, yes, I, it does. I, yeah, I absolutely. I find that to be not upsetting, but... It takes away, like, granted, we've been disappointed with a lot of the 30th entrance the last couple of years. Uh, but still, that's that's like a thing with the Royal Rumble. That's, you know, makes watching the event enjoyable. And I think it's kind of cheapening it a little bit. Yeah. Now we'll just have to look forward to number 29. Yeah, <laughs> yeah number 29. Right. Well, actually, do, do, we know, do we know if it's actually going to be 30 people or is it going to be 40? I think it is 30. I think, I think, the, I think the 40 30. thing, I don't know if they're going to do that again. I mean, they, they did that that one year, that Del Rio one, I think. Yeah. But I don't know if they are going to do it again. It's, it's always weird with the Royal Rumble because there are some years where, like, people pick out of a hat or yeah. they pick out of that weird – 
the bingo like wall. Price the bingo is right. Wall thing. Bingo hall <laughs> spinny thing. Or it'll be announced on SmackDown or Raw randomly like, oh, The Miz is number one in the Royal Rumble. Just out of nowhere. Or <laughs> yeah, they'll have a great. match for like... I love when they have matches for it on the show. Where like, right. like the loser isn't one and the winner is 30. That's always... Yeah. I guess you can always play around with it. But I do agree though. It's... it's I mean, they're, they're two like, characters that... We know they're not going to win their respective right. Royal Rumbles. Exactly. So, although statistically speaking, number twenty-seven, I believe, has had the most Royal Rumble victories. Did, did you watch for you, Chris? Did you watch the commercial between before the Rumble every uh, every year? Oh, absolutely. Okay, because yeah. I know that Santino Marola <laughs> by the numbers, the least amount of Santino. Yeah, by the numbers. I was not ready. I was not ready. <laughs> that was the best. Oi. Uh, so the next. Tag team match is uh, the Bar against the New Day against and the, the Usos. Usos. This was a pretty solid match. It was just it was another Bar, you know, uh, Bar Usos and New Day match. Right. I mean, it was <laughs> That's the, exactly same, what it was the same match, whether it be fighting or rap battle that you get on SmackDown all the time. It's the same thing every time. I mean, it was it was good. It was solid, and I guess they they are. Uh, completely, buy, you know, buying in on the bar, as, as uh, which which is terms. odd to me because they keep saying that Sheamus is on borrowed time. He's hurt. His neck is yeah. You know, he's not gonna die. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. I mean, because I was, re- you know, we were reading reports about Sheamus having these back problems and his time in the ring was allegedly limited. But it seems like uh, you know he has more time to go and I guess you know they want to give them the ball with the tag team titles so good for them in that regard you know yeah I mean the Usos will have their time I'm sure oh yeah so I guess they'll they're, they're continuing this run here unless Sheamus got second opinion or a third opinion from Doctor and said hey you're you're fine for another few years <laughs> that's how we I do see. it yeah, they raised the bar so they, they raised <laughs> the, they bar. the bar they are raised the, the bar. bar they are the bar no I'm talking about the Doctors hmm <laughs> Oh, the doctors. <laughs> no. Okay. I think the Never best mind. match of the night, besides what everyone else said, had to be the Baron Corbin match. Ooh. I, I, I thought it was fantastically booked. It he, was all storyline, yeah. Yes. But it was Strowman was legitimately injured, and Strowman comes out and he goes, You know, last time I remember, TLC match was no disqualification. Yeah. Which is the loophole I used yeah. to use and I used to, I used to play SmackDown. So he brought out everyone that. Corbin fucked over. And Language. Hey, this is explicit. We can do this. <laughs> Captain America status. Yeah, that was a Captain America. <laughs> but um, but I, I thought this was brilliantly done. Uh, and it had a couple of B-listers and a couple of former A-listers. And Heath Slater was in on it. It was great. <laughs> it was a good comeuppance. Yeah. Like, finally, he got his comeuppance. But let's touch on Raw real quick. For a second, because speaking like the same thing happened on Raw, where Corbin came out and the McMahon's were there demanding, you know, telling the fans that this is a there's going to be some change. But the McMahon's had the floor for twenty minutes straight up. Yes, they did. WWE. They had a commercial. Before, and came back and they were still in the ring. Yeah. WWE. Then WWE. Now. WWE and, and forever, like that would that couldn't have been more scripted. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, you know, it's weird because Vince McMahon, they, they say, you know, reads and approves everything. So it's like I envision the writing team writing something for Vince. Vince looking at it saying, I like this. I'm going to go read it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy can say whatever the heck he wants. And, you know. So now but, Corbin's no longer in power and the hands of the WWE are, are with the fans. Quote, unquote. I will, I'm curious to see how long this goes for. So now I have two questions. Were you guys um, surprised of how early this match came on the card? Yeah, I mean, I mean don't forget there were 12 matches, so I'm sure... No, no, I, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. There was definitely a lot of matches to get through. And, but, I mean, with such a, a, a big job or a big stipulation on the line... I would have thought it would have been a later on. Like, if someone forgot that the show started at 7, they tuned in at 8, they had already lo- missed that match. Chris, are you outside by any chance? No. Very true. Mm-hmm. I, I hear an airplane going over your head, it feels like. <laughs> maybe that's us. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Um, I think maybe because they had already planned that this was going to be a very quick uh, sort of non-match thing that they um, wanted it to get on earlier so that way it wouldn't take the shine away from the other matches where you had yeah, titles true. on the line and you had you know more of a of a story behind them so maybe that's why they probably put it on earlier just to get it the hell out of the way because um i don't think anybody i think people were getting tired of this already you know it was just like enough already let's just get yeah. it over with just do it and move on yeah but you know what though it, it, it sure as hell got me by surprise they did it. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought that they did it as good as yeah. they could. You know, yeah. just I mean, they they played it out well. Yeah, for I, enough. I didn't think Strom was was going to show up, and I thought Corbin was going to maintain power. But apparently, that was a total swerve from what, what I expected. Yeah. Um, mm. Moving and on. Now, oh, wait, okay. wait! I had a second question. Now, where do, where do we go? Where does Baron Corbin go from here? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Man, everyone um, said that at the exact same time. <laughs> good question. He he's out of power. The McMahons hate him. SmackDown. No. Maybe he goes to SmackDown. Maybe. Well, I think now they're controlling both shows. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah. So oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no more like GM situation, like a respective. Yeah. GM. There's no that Paige was taken out of power, which was ridiculous. And well, yeah. d- didn't we hear something earlier? Maybe a couple months ago. Maybe maybe a couple of years ago that they were trying to get rid of the brand uh, the brand splits. Yeah. What you were about to say first might have actually fit pretty good. The bland split. (laughs) The bland split. (laughs) Hey, guys, that's going to be the next uh, episode title. You know, with the new rights situation between, you know, uh, Fox having SmackDown and NBC having Raw, I wonder if the brand split will stay as it is. Because if if I'm Fox and I'm paying like 250K a year... For four years, a billion, you know, not no, not, well, not two hundred fifty million. It's almost, yeah, it's one billion over the course of like four or five years. Right. I want Rousey to be on my show. I want Lesnar to be on my show. I want John Cena. I want Orton. I want you know. Yeah, that's true. I want Ty Dillinger. Like that. Those are the guys <laughs> that I want. You might see Hulk Hogan on SmackDown on Friday night. You never know. Fun, dango. So, but. I digest. 
digress. <laughs> I digress. Uh, well, let's talk about moving the, on. Let's talk about the tables match between Natalia and essentially the Riot Squad. It really was not just Ruby yeah. Riot. It, it was cool that uh, I, I, I thought the one thing that was cool about this match was Natty went under the ring to get her father's jacket. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch, but uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's it was not. A, I don't think it was a good feud. It was, no, it, it was certainly it was, a very forced feud. Yeah, it was like and a they TV just needed feud. something. Yeah. They just needed something to do with the both of them, and they used Natty's father. They used the anvil. Yeah, and, and I, I don't. I don't know if it was such a good. I don't even know if they consider this feud done now, but I don't know if it was such a good ending to the feud. I feel Ooh. Natty won. Yeah, I mean she you put know, away he, the he entire riot squad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you but needed it's, it's, to have the sentimental victory there. But it's been the same shit with them. It's it's like, I don't know. The formula, I feel like, is Natty comes out, cries about her father. Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad come out and basically piss all over her father. And then she got she cries again and, and yeah, vows it's, revenge. It's, it's, it's a, like, it's like, the formula's been used so many times in the last month or so. I feel like it's the same thing with TLC. But yeah. It's the exact same thing. Well, it shows that Natalia still has it. Natty. You still got it. <laughs> she never lost it, man. She just wasn't used to it. Uh, yeah, good yeah, for her considering all the stuff that she's she won. That was a good... Uh, I thought she deserved the win for sure. Mm-hmm. The Riot Squad yeah. would be fine. What about the next match, which kind of infuriated me a little bit? Finn Balor against Drew McIntyre. Finn, Finn Balor goes over. Not I, not clean though. Not clean, but I I wasn't. I know Balor needs a win. He needs a he needs a win. He also like, needs a club. I'm reading that he might get a little bit of a push in the early part of next year. Well, he deserves it. But McIntyre though, I, not not at his expense. I, like if McIntyre's a machine that can't be taken down, he he can't lose to Balor. Like if he's going to be no. a threat to Lesnar. He has to steamroll, you know, right over Balor. Yeah, that was a bizarre. But there, yeah. But that in of itself, that in of itself probably reveals the color as to as to what they're feeling about Finn Balor. Maybe they didn't want him to to uh, steamroll Finn Balor. They wanted to try to make both of them still look good. So with the dirty finish, maybe. you know, throwing Ziggler into the mix, keeping him in there to kind of play like, you know, disturbance between the two. But um, I'm not really worried um, about uh, McIntyre um, coming out of this. I think he'll be fine. I, I think it's just, uh, you know, the middle of the card on Raw, it's, it's oversaturation. I know we've talked about this a bunch of times. You know, within the... Within a three-month span, you could really burn out a program between two guys that you know could have incredible matches. But it's not just unique to these two guys. It's just a it's a pandemic that's spread all across the company. So I won't get into that. But yeah, I mean, good decent match. Is yeah. it is it bad? I don't remember this match. It's okay. I mean, because I because I, I, you feel, you know it is because as we we're saying, we watch Raw almost every week. Yeah. And it's like, oh, do you remember that, you know, Finn Balor, you know, Drew McIntyre match? Do you remember that Seth Rollins-Dolph Ziggler match, which has happened no. like 400 times? Right, yeah. 
It's the same match. It's the same spots. It's the same I sequences. Just, yeah. You know, I just yeah. hope but they anyway. move off from each other. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, just move away. I think Ziggler in the mix gives, like, Ziggler knows his place. Like, he has a role to put over feuds. Like, yeah. he puts over, he puts everyone over. And his role in this is to play, you know, um, he's like a supporting character in, the, in this in this feud. Yeah. It gives, you know, it gives somebody, it's like that person to pin in a triple threat match so nobody looks weak. Right. Um, it allows, you know, the interference on both sides, like the McIntyre and, and, and Balor side. So, yeah. you know, Balor goes over, I think he went over twice. Oh, no, Ziggler went over once. And then Balor went over. And then this past Raw, uh, I think I did not watch this match. It was a, it was Ziggler and and I think Balor. And McIntyre inter- McIntyre interfered, but it was just I was doing laundry and like oh, I hear it in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I do when I'm washing dishes. Listen to it in the background. <laughs> well, let's talk about two guys that are not in the Balor Club. Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton, they battled each other in a chairs match, which is, I, I thought was pretty solid. This was actually this actually surprised me. I I actually liked this match because, um, you know, it felt like high school all over again. It felt like two thousand six. <laughs> you know, watching you know these two guys duke it out, and and you know I tell you, I mean Orton, we we know can always you know bring his A game, and he could always you know work amongst the best it. of them, and Mysterio. For a guy his age, and you know, considering his style and all the things that he's done and all the injuries he's had, and I gotta tell you, you know, he, he he's looking pretty good. You know, he he's, you know, I don't know. He he, he they had a it's really a good weird. Match. Yeah, they need to build a little more stock into Ray so he could put somebody over. Oh, they totally will. I I definitely think that with this win, they're gonna position him. Maybe maybe Lu- uh, maybe Lucha House Party, one of them. Oh God! As much as I hate to say that, I I hate them. I mean, maybe they could be like one of them could be yeah. the next Mysterio type thing. I mean, they are on different shows. I mean, I would I would I would pay to see Ray and Andrade Amas have some kind of feud, being that, that they're both from Mexico. I, I hope he I, that I, would be good. Um, and, and speaking of Ray looking good, uh, there was actually a couple of good spots in that match too. Um, oh, I think uh, the one that we're all thinking about is. Uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking, John? Uh, I was thinking of the, the boogie board one. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was, was, that that was, was awesome. That yeah, was really cool. That was cool. So there was that. There was uh, the Orton when he stepped the four chairs next to each other for the and, inside of the ring RKO. And just to put that into perspective, I mean, I'm looking at a, a GIF of, uh, of of the of the spot and GIF. Ray GIF it's GIF 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 is a peanut butter. Choosy moms choose GIF. I I, I don't give you a GIF on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> a gift for you. Uh, and and um, are you looking at the same gift gif as I am? Yeah, and uh, you know it's just it's amazing how like Ray is a guy that weighs probably like a buck seventy five, give or take, and you know not he, enough to ride the subway. Yeah, or mm-hmm. two seventy five if he was in New York. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's about one seventy five roughly. Um, and you think about a hundred seventy-five person, a hundred seventy-five pound person coming down on you with a steel chair, just like crushing on top of you. Still got to hurt pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just my observation from that. Good observation. Yeah, obvious. 
Um, yeah. Next in line, Mysterio and Orton. Do we want to talk about Rousey and Jax? Ooh, a sleeper. Like that was a good match. Yeah, that was, was a fun match. Yeah. I mean, I think Rousey really sold well. Yes. Um, and I feel like she's also been getting better. Absolutely, on yes. the mic and selling stuff mm-hmm. and. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I I remember watching the match and and saying for a kind of ho hum build up or a you know. I, I remember saying last week that I said it better be good, and it absolutely a hundred percent delivered. She has grown uh, in turn. I'm talking about uh, Ronda Rousey. She's grown leaps and bounds in her ability to sell, to sell moves, to show, to help other people get over. She's and in a looking, short time too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was incredibly impressed with this. Yeah, right. the, the jump from the top, uh, from the yeah, top turnbuckle—that was, turn buckle, that was yeah. awesome. It's amazing how you think about there are guys and 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 women that have these lifelong aspirations to become a, a, a professional wrestler, and they start from a very young age. They pay their dues. They travel around. They live out of a van, eating out of cans, and. <laughs> or you know, you know you know what I mean right like eating like, like Chef Boyardee you know <laughs> so eating out of Del Monte's uh... basically yeah so so like what I'm saying is is that like Ronda Rousey within less than a year has uh, demonstrated uh, incredible ability to thrive in this environment when there are people that took up to 10 years before they got their name called to the WWE. You know, they, they spent years, you know, you know, training and working on their craft. And, and, and Rousey did it in, what, six months, seven yeah. months? I mean, she had the namesake going in and she, you know, had the celebrity to, back, you know, the, you know the to, to get her in. But, I mean, it's like a Kurt Angle thing. It's like, you know, from one discipline to another, just so seamlessly, like, transitioning so That's well. A, that, that was a very good, yeah, good reference, too. Like that guy, ever since him, you know, he was the last, you know, example I could have thought of before Ronda. But great stuff. She's she's been doing great. Mm. Uh, and uh, Rousey also lifted Nia Jax for a power bomb off of the uh, off the second rope. I, I, I thought that, that was, spot. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive too. Yeah, that was good. Just incredible strength. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, the, ma- the match looked good. Kind of, kind of, kind of like it was kind of like Hogan lifting Andre essentially. Mm. Uh, yeah. kind of, I, feel like, I feel like Nia Jax would feel some type of way about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not cool. No, uh she's very attractive. Um <laughs> Weirdo. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna reach out to Nia Jax and tell her that you said that. Oh my goodness. Mm. So but now I, I Hi feel Andrew, like I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fist. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna put that fist in. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh my God. All right. Places you don't want to see. Here we go. <laughs> We're uh, getting off the rails here. Very much so. Now I, I feel as though this, this is a uh, seems like a placeholder to me uh, because now it seems that Ronda is ready to go into her feud with Becky and Charlotte. And well, since we're already talking is... about Ronda, let's talk about the last match. Oscar. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, right? Triple threat. That was Triple incredible. That I, was I, did, I, I did not expect awesome Oscar to win. Yes. Hey, I was right, guys. You were. I was, I was right. right too. Yes, that, that was me. a fantastic match. You and me were right, buddy. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I, and see, my point last week, how do you have both of them lose, both I mean, in terms of Charlotte and uh, Becky, who are your most over people, you know, with professional women wrestlers, uh, how do you have them both lose that match? And they pulled it off, I think, perfectly well. I didn't think that they would have Ronda get involved the way that she did. That was Makes that was a perfect yeah. booking. Perfect booking. No, it, it it adds an edge to Ronda's character, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily make her a heel. Cause, no, because no. Yeah. they started they started something with her first. Right. Like exactly. Charlotte flipped on Rhonda. Yeah. Becky was running her mouth on Rhonda, and then Rhonda came back. She's like, "Well, I'm going to screw both of you over." Yeah. And I, I feel I feel like this happened plenty of times in the past with even male wrestler male wrestlers, where that that exact spot has happened. Oh, Not like sure isn't, it has. Isn't yeah. Some, yeah, someone running in. Yeah. In, in like a ladder match, pushing them off yes. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that has to. But it worked perfectly for Ronda. Yeah, but it even worked perfectly for this. It's yeah, it's the safest way to take the title off of Becky. So you now have Asuka with the title. Becky does not need that championship anymore. She's so over to the Mm. point where I think Asuka needs it more, and she can help the women's division on SmackDown. Right. Yeah, because because Becky and Charlotte and Ronda, that's. That's um, now they've already planted the seeds, but they planted it a while ago. But now that's become its own beast within the women's division across both brands. That's how strong this thing is. So I think having Asuka as a champion, to your point, Andrew, will keep focus on the women's division in terms of the other competitors who rightfully so deserve their share of, of, of the pie, if you will, because, you know, they're, you know, like women, you know, girls like Naomi and Carmella, you know. The, the iconics. You know, to all have matches with Asuka, you know, to have, you know, good matches aside from, yeah. you know. I mean, that's that's where it seems like it's going. Like, if, if we watch on SmackDown, they had Naomi uh, challenge Asuka for the title. And yeah. I wrote in my, my notes that while it was a very good match, don't get me wrong, I think Naomi is very talented. I think she's very interesting. But you can tell technically wise, technically technical wrestling wise, she does not match up with Oscar Becky. She is Charlotte. not ready for Oscar. No way. Uh, you could see. You could see how she was. Try- they were trying to push her into doing a lot of these floor techniques, the roll-up pins, where you have to get your arms and your legs involved. And you could tell that she, in her head, she's thinking, "Okay, cross her arm here. My, me put my arm around here, and then lean back and park, try and pin her." It was like she was going through the motions. It was there was no fluidity in her game on, Very on true. Tuesday night. Good observation, yeah. Chris, you, you keep notes. I do. I do write notes. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah, I, I have notes too. <laughs> Chris keeps a binder. Andrew, you keep notes. Raw show. <laughs> Balor. Boo. Good idea. I should keep those separated. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time I just don't remember the matches. You know, like we were saying earlier, it's the same match. It's the same. You know, it it, it just gets monotonous after a while, and they all yeah. blend into each other. So if something really stands out, I write it down. Hmm. Speaking of monotonous and blending into each other, next match: Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I thought it was a good wrestling match, and then the the end kind of ruined it for me. Like I said, these all, all matches start to meld into each other. Just remind me of what happened at the end of that match. Uh, I believe Daniel Bryan won. 
Daniel, no, I right. don't. No, I don't. Daniel Bryan won. <laughs> it was a roll-up pin. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, it was like a like a dud match. Like at the end, it was so weird. Like AJ yeah. had a roll-up on Bryan, then Bryan flipped it around, so it was, uh, so he was pinning AJ. Yeah, he was pinning AJ, and then AJ. It was, I don't know. It was like when you have a a, a fantastic steak, and then. You bite into a weird piece of fat at the very, very last bite. Yeah. It yeah, ruins spit it. It out. yeah. You, you might have to you might, agree. You might want to change that because a lot of people like the fat part of steaks. <laughs> well, like a weird nerve part. Okay, there we go. The the, the sinewy nerve. Yeah. Yes. Oh god, it's so gross. You know, <laughs> feel it. I gotta give props to Daniel Bryan because he's been playing the heel so well. He has um, been. Yeah. He really I mean that cause that add that really does add a dimension to this program that we remember when we were talking about when Nakamura and AJ were first having you know their WrestleMania match and how you know relatively vanilla it was because there was just no emotion going into it because they were both faces. You, I do think you need that heel and face dynamic to really have good storytelling. It's hard to do it when it's two guys that are faces. It's right. really hard. Yeah. And the best part about Brian becoming a heel, he actually uh, for those listeners out there have that haven't really followed this. He actually got rid of all of his yes chants and his yes lock. He renamed the yes lock back to the Patty LaBelle lock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to use that tonight. Um, but no, you did. But, but he's playing it well, even like when people are chanting yes, yes, yes. He go like he's like yeah, he is absolutely like he's against against it. it. Yeah. And I I saw an article that popped up in my news feed saying that. Like the merch sales for Daniel Bryan are almost like non-existent because everyone because everyone bought the shirts already. Like, but I mean, exact. But there's nothing else to buy. Like, I guess like no, no matter like you know how, like how valid that that you know article is, just brings up a, brings up a good point in that when you're a heel, what is a sign of a really good heel? Someone that doesn't want to buy your merch. Like people don't like. People despise you so much that they don't even want to buy your stuff. Yeah. Mm. That should be... The, that means that you're playing the heel well. Or maybe, maybe it's a sign of people not caring enough. Yeah, that's true. There are people out there who theorize that um, to take away someone's momentum, and I won't mention anybody's names, but there's been... Some theories about, for example, Why, you when, think they're listening there? when CM Punk, if they're listening, if they're listening, if they're not, if they're not, I really couldn't care less. But um, when CM Punk, um, before he got turned heel in the middle of his title run, um, the theory was that because they didn't want him outselling John Cena in merchandise, that. Well, that was one of the reasons why they turned him heel. That obviously cannot right. be the only reason why. I mean, there's there's an all encompassing. Um, strategy behind these things, I would think. But the point being is that, like you said, Andrew, you know, if you think that someone is hated, that their merchandise wouldn't sell so well. So I don't know what they're trying to get at because Daniel Bryan's heel merchandise isn't selling well. How, is that a, refle- a bad reflection on him? I certainly don't think so. I mean, well, I, I'm assuming it's no. along the same lines as Dolph Ziggler. He also doesn't wear merch. He wears like a like a Kurt Cobain. Outfit now. Yeah, he just has that new shirt with the, the the stems growing out of the heart, like the the flowery, the, the, the veganism. Yeah, that point. Yeah, I thought that was his new shirt. Fickle, fickle. <laughs> well, pixels. Well, speaking of heels, that the 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 the, the merch doesn't sell. Dolph Ziggler. Everyone bought his shirt that said uh, you know yeah. stealing your girlfriend and the show too, whatever the hell it is, or 
Yes. And, and yes, when, yeah, as yeah, soon as you turn heel, heel, you have not <laughs> seen anybody buying any of his new shirts. Uh, I don't care if he's heel or face. That's an awesome shirt. Oh, yeah. I am saying, but he was a face <laughs> with that shirt. I still have out. that shirt. Yeah. I don't want that shirt. But that's what I used to do back in college. Speaking <laughs> of heel turns... How about Dean Ambrose and uh, Seth freaking Rollins? This match was a dud. Seth freaking yeah. 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 Rollins. Uh, yeah, not really memorable. wasn't great. Although I was right on the result. I was the only one that thought that Dean Ambrose was going to win. I thought I said that Ambrose would win too. Well, it was me and Andrew that were the only ones. That... <laughs> uh, for all our listeners out there, we're not going to go back and listen to an older episode. So you go back <laughs> and tell us who said what. Email us at emptyarenapodcast.gmail.com. Yeah. And if, if <laughs> shameless plug. And, and, and if it's and if I'm wrong, I will do the next podcast by yourself, uh, sh- shirtless. And by yourself. <laughs> and by myself. No, I won't do it by myself. I think we, I think we all we, we all have bodies for a podcast. Yeah, we definitely have faces. We have radio. faces for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that it was just it was a back and forth. It just it it lost momentum and it just never got back to what it was, you know, to to a, yeah. a high point. Like, remember how we were saying for all of the build up and all of the chit chat going into this, we were hoping this was going to be a, a really good match. It just it just wasn't. Um, no, you know, and the I, crowd let them know it. Yeah, Which and sucked, but and there really isn't much time to really build off of this because Dean's the IC champ now. So Rollins isn't going to get a significant win back. You know, I mean, they're, they're what I'm seeing and what I'm assuming is that they're going to position Rollins to pursue the universal title. That's his next move. Maybe he wins the rumble. I don't know. I don't know in which way he's going to do it, but this seems to, you know, the on raw Rollins came out disguised as one of the gas mask uh, cronies and uh, attacked Ambrose. Which was so predictable. Chased him from the ring. Yeah, that's what I figured too. And like, it's like, uh, you know, this thing is just dwindling now at this point. So wait, is that more like, uh, I'm going to use person's initials. Is that like a J.E. booking? <laughs> hmm. Could be. Uh, like the Undertaker's Druid, uh, Druid's coming out and turns out <laughs> one of them is a... Uh... This, I think, has a little bit more of a logic behind it. It's all the people he's know. beat in the past. <laughs> he comes back. And then I jump in. I fight him. <laughs> what? Inside joke, people. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, I just it. I'm sure we'll have another. You know, probably have a rematch coming up soon. Yeah. Now, well, now with this with this whole McMahon new era, they're not having a lot of the, um, you know, mandatory rematch clauses. They're saying that that is antiquated. So it'd be interesting to see if they keep to that. And they just have a clean break from this feud that didn't seem to go anywhere, according to that first match. They might want to cut their losses here. Well, if we need to shift this feud or shift, you know, uh, the IC title scene, I think you need to get Elias in the picture. I, yeah, I, would I agree. To see, I... Bobby Lashley, somewhere like that. You know, Chris, uh, there wasn't enough Lashley chants uh, at TLC or Raw, so why don't you go ahead and uh, help us out there? We're talking about my man, Bobby Lashley. 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 <laughs> Lashley. 
So the phone keeps hey, cutting hey, out. AT and T knows that 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 you're gonna say the word Lashley, and it cuts. <laughs> it, it's on seven seconds away, folks. <laughs> folks, if there's any confirmation that you need that Big Brother is watching us, this is an example of it. And Big Brother is not a Bobby Lashley fan. Nope. No. Or Rush. Or I could be using a really cheap headset, and the microphone could be screwy. <laughs> That's also very Neither possible. Either one. And probably the probably case. Probably that. So, so speaking of the first match, you said, were you talking about the the no DQ match? Of every, it was a handicap match against uh, Baron Corbin. That one, Chris. You talking? To, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, you, you said you were talking about the first match on Raw. Were you talking about the no DQ match with everybody and their mother versus Baron Corbin? No, it was Andrew. But I could talk about it too. Well, wait. So should we shift over to Raw now? Sure. That was the last match, like, anyway, like that we were talking the, about like, so the Wow, new, that was the last match? Holy crap. Yeah. The new era of uh, WWE, the McMahons have decided to put the, you know, the WWE in the hands of the fans, but I, I, I was still watching Raw, and it seemed like the same stuff. Everything mm-hmm. still seemed the same. Yep. And now are the McMahons a face now? Are they? That's what it looks like. I I also think this might be Vinnie Mac's last hurrah. I think he's going to retire some sometime soon. Yeah, hand the reins over to Triple H, Shane O'Mac, and Stephanie. One more run, one more run as like an on-air personality. And I think this might be it. Yeah. Because they they have control over Raw and SmackDown now. He's gotten older, and it's you could see it. Oh my God, you could see it. He looks he looks like he hasn't slept in like six years. (laughs) He hasn't slept in probably sixty years. Red. Yeah. I have to say, I I did love the exchange between him and the Miz when the Miz was trying to uh, get Shane as a as a tag partner. If you want my blessing. (laughs) (laughs) Blessing. I I don't I don't I don't give blessings. I. I uh, I'll find a tag partner. That was such a weird exchange too. Miz, like, so I'll I'll find you a partner and we'll find you a team. And yeah, Miz you, was try- you get Miz, out to the ring. Get out to the ring. Miz was trying to catch up. He was like, Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. All right, great. You'll find me a partner. Go. Okay, cool. Like Vince does his own thing. Was that what, yeah. was that like one of the writers of SmackDown versus Raw that did that? Because I feel like that's a cut scene from that. Um. <laughs> er, You'll be booked in a match tonight with S.A. Rios. <laughs> <laughs> and Rico Suave. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Rome's okay. Now, we we know what they want to do. Like, what what do you guys think? If there's, like, like two wrestlers on, or, like, on, on SmackDown or Raw. Like, obviously, not everyone could be top guy. Not everyone could be top girl. But is there somebody in particular you think that they're like completely sleeping on that they should, you know, bring at you know bring to the top? Samoa Joe, hands down. Samoa Joe. Yeah. He has been a joke for the last year and a half. And it's getting and, weird. It's his feud with Hardy with, is getting weird. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. You know, it's it's got to a point where he's he feuds so, you know he feuded so much with AJ, right? And he lost that feud handedly, like lost every match that he was in. Then he started feuding with, uh, who else? Like who else is he feuding with? What other top face? Oh no, yeah, Hardy. Hardy is his next face that he's feuding with. 
He's, Which hopefully Hardy will put him over. Yeah, but if he loses that, that he's, needs to happen. He's gonna start going like to the bottom of the barrel. He's gonna come out like during a Ty Dillinger match and say, "Ty, I got a problem with you, man. I got a problem with you. You're, I'm the only one that can beat you." <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna find Samojo on Two Five Live. <laughs> TJ Perkins, I'm tired of you running your mouth. <laughs> and then two weeks after that, he'll be on like an episode of uh, Total Divas. Just coming out. <laughs> Alicia Fox, I'm going to punch you. Not condoning women uh, women violence. <laughs> Hashtag be a star. Yeah. Is, yeah. Joe, Joe on SmackDown, I would say, definitely is someone that needs uh, a, a huge turnaround. Raw, I think I already mentioned um, Balor is the one that they probably would want to um, give a boost to. Um but yeah, for Raw and SmackDown, one each. I don't know of anybody else. I mean, there's plenty of people you could probably think of that. In, over the last few weeks, watching uh, the Miz, you know, doing what he's been doing, it's it's kind of sad to see. Like they trust him so much that you know he can handle a a, a storyline without actually having to like take bumps. Yeah. But they need to be careful with that because if if they give him this, you know, if if they're putting him alongside our Truth and Carmelo week after week. And Shane, like it's not. Yeah, it's it drags not him doing down. Anything to further his character. I, I actually wrote in my notes, what in the world are they doing with the Miz? Why is he chasing Shane McMahon? Why? Why is that happening? This was a guy that we were saying should have been in the WWE title picture around yeah. Royal Rumble time WrestleMania. He was. I think everybody across the board, I mean, anywhere, it, it was a rare unified uh, opinion for the most part that everyone, even people that don't like The Miz or didn't like The Miz, were saying, wow, you know, he really turned around, you know, t- 2017 to 2018, what he did with the Intercontinental title w- was great, you know, going back yeah. to SmackDown. He was on fire. He was white hot. And he was. Right now, it's just now, it's 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 he's in this no man's land where... And this is just creative. This is the problem with creative. They just stall. Um, speaking of no man's land, white hot and all that crap, um, <laughs> Kevin Owens. He's coming yeah, back from injury. He's yeah. Back. Like, what are they going to do with him? I, I think they should. I think he needs some time in the the, the main light too. I mean, him well, and depends o- on where he's going to go. I don't know if yeah. he's going to go back to either Raw or SmackDown. Him and or Sami Zayn. Both of them are supposed to be yeah. coming back. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, those, those, those are my raw picks. Plus, you have six NXT call-ups that they just announced. It's like, I don't stop know if, with I the don't NXT know, I don't know if it please. was that. I don't know if that was part of the new direction, but I'm not liking it because what that does is it takes six. Well, it was Lars Sullivan, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross. Shayna Baszler. I don't think Shayna Baszler was part of the six. EC3. No, EC3, which I loved his social media post. Um, now it's like... The, the it's almost as if they're saying okay so these six individuals are going to be featured rather prominently well most of them i would have to think are all going to win most of their matches to begin with so that means you have to take six people on the current roster and really drop them back now who are you going to drop back honestly that's a question because there's only so much room on these shows for so many people i Even, feel like there's going to be a lot of um, I think they're going to get rid of a lot of people. Yeah, they think, always have the cuts, so and they're going to be cutting a lot of people. They need to like cut maybe ten people off of like the main. Like, 
Just starting do- with the Lucha House Party. Oh. Put them, just put them back on 205 Live. Don't have anybody from 205 Live on the main show, honestly. And yeah. Start with the tag team division. Start trimming the fat there. That's probably the easiest place you could go to. And I, I think for SmackDown, as as much as a, as much as everybody's probably going to disagree with me on this one, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, he, I don't like, know where he's been. Yeah, he, yeah. like like they they re-signed him and did nothing with him. He's athletic right. as hell, and he could fit. He could fit in anywhere. Yeah. But he, I don't, I didn't find him interesting as like a, uh, as like a solo character. No, I think he could fit well in the tag division for sure. Yeah. They were trying it with Gable, but I guess it kind of worked, but didn't yeah, but pan out. Did he get hurt? Because that's that's how he got hooked up with Bobby Roode. Um, I'm not exactly Gable sure. Gable was drafted to Raw. And, and Jason Jordan, no, Jason Jordan was drafted to Raw, and Gable's drafted to SmackDown. I thought. I think that, that's how they split up initially. Yeah. Yeah. But I think over right. the last, like the last superstar shakeup, Gable came over right from SmackDown, and him and Bobby Roode became the tag team. team. Right. I don't even think I don't even think Jason Jordan's ever going to come back. I think his injury was so bad. Yeah, I heard that too. They already put him in a producer role. You got Bray Wyatt as another one. Bray Wyatt was supposed to come back. Yeah. Were they going to do him? There's so many people that could. They have the best talent pool ever. Like, ever. It's too many yeah. of them. It's it, too much of a good thing, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of too many, another match on Raw, because I think we're going off the, the rails here. I'm going to use a Chris term. We, we have to uh, touch on our on our holiday topic for yeah. at least two minutes. Yeah. Well, before we do that, I just want to run through, I think, one of the, the coolest matches on Monday Night Raw. That I have not seen in probably about ten or fifteen years, the gauntlet match. Yes, that was a very good. That, that was. A really I did. I did not goal. think it, it was, was going to happen. It was done well. I was like, yeah, and I didn't think it was going to happen. And I was like, it was like, all right, yeah. If they're going to really go a different direction, the big fans start with putting different types of matches on the shows, not tag teams, not singles matches. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought this was a cool idea. Interesting to see Natty win it all. Right. I like the idea of them adding new matches, but they need to be careful as to not. Um, you're trying to sell your pay per views, right? You know, so I I don't think they should have an open challenge every week for a top top title. Right. Maybe like every other week, do something with the IC belt, and maybe have like in between like something with a tag belt, but. When you do that too many times with the women's belts and like if every episode of Raw becomes uh, gimmick, a gimmick match essentially, like if every if every match on Raw becomes like a title match, then you're not gonna want to watch pay per view. Then I won't care about the pay per view. Right. Right. I mean, originally, yeah, I understand that. Like way back when, when you know the Raw and SmackDown really just uh, it was almost like a trailer for the pay per view. Yeah. Like Triple H and The Rock are gonna fight at Backlash and you know whatever it was or presented to you by Slim Jims, the Lugs Slam of the Week, <laughs> and you never like you would you, they would never give that match away on on yeah, no, SmackDown no, or absolutely not. Raw. Now it's very not. very rarely they would give up a, a crazy match on Raw. Very very rarely, and it yeah it had more of an impact. I just hope they they. 
how are they listening to the fans? Like, what are they going to take more surveys from fans? Or are they going to listen? Well, maybe that's maybe, what I was thinking. Maybe was thinking. Uh, what was the Cyber Tuesday they used to do? Was that called Cyber Tuesday? Yeah, Cyber Tuesday was uh, or know, Cyber Sunday, whatever it was called. Tuesday, then became Cyber Sunday. Yeah. yeah, maybe they'll do something with that, like go on the WWE app and uh, oh yeah, vote that. for who you want to see the next you know Universal Championship match. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll do something like that, or hey, vote who do you want to see get kicked off of the show? Vote, <laughs> yeah, you know, vote for the next NXT call up. Yeah, didn't they do that on the app? They did that on the WWE app for a while. Yes, for a little bit, yeah. Maybe that now maybe that'll be part of the uh, the spiel. Um, speaking of gimmicky things, in oh, the tis the season, tis the season. Yeah, we gotta touch on this for a little tis bit. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Monday Night Raw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're gonna discuss a little bit about um, past Christmas moments. Somebody's timer just went off. Oh, that was our <laughs> way to go, Christina. She's uh, she's actually cooking for us for tomorrow night for a secret Santa. Oh, cool. So, uh, Scandalous. if you hear bangs and stuff, it's not Stone Cold Steve Austin coming through the glass. But um, but we're gonna be talking about Christmas miracles on Raw. Let's let's each share our favorite holiday moment from. Well, let's go the through the movie. list because I don't remember any of these. Um, we have a list. <laughs> you said that you pulled up a list. I pulled up a list. Yes. So you just made the list. Yeah, okay, I, I just did my Chris Jericho face. Um, so number ten, starting off the list, Hornswoggle earns the gift of voice. That was ridiculous. Yes, and really anything involving Hornswoggle is pretty much awful, um, except for so, the uh, except for the small, fact, the small yes. people's court. Was that oh, the small was, people's court? That, that was, was hilarious. That was, that was yeah. hilarious. That was <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Um, so. Does anybody remember this at all? Hornswoggle? I barely remember this, right? but I, no, I don't remember. Because I, I do remember. I do remember at one point he used to be a silent character. It was like ten years ago or something, right? And yeah, and he went to Santa Claus, sat on his lap, and Seamus asked him to to get a voice, and then he started sounding like Dylan Postal. That's Hornswoggle's real name. <laughs> hey, I did, hey, Hornswoggle. Kind of what, like, what else is on this list? Let's um, see. Number nine. Santa Claus wrecks havoc. I don't know what this is. I don't. It's a, apparently it was on Superstars from nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety five. Um, this is when WWE or F at the time WWF was transitioning from the golden era to the the new generation era. Is, right is what they're calling it. Um, apparently, this was like an anti Santa Claus thing. Santa Claus he hailed from the South Pole. Stole presents. Um, <laughs> and like apparently, the, the Grinch. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and he was played why former uh, by future ECW star Balls Mahoney. Huh. Um, Santino tries to reveal the secret of Santa Claus. I don't even remember what that was. No. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll quickly read this. Um, so uh, Santino was poised to tell the children that Santa was not real. But he was cut off by then world heavyweight champion champion John Cena. Uh, Santino challenged John Cena, as he incorrectly called him, to a mixed tag match between Glamorella and Cena, along with the partner of his choice. And the partner was obviously Santa Claus at that point. Um, oh. Let's let's talk about 
one of my favorite holiday moments. This I think happened a few years ago when I think Del Rio hit Santa Claus with his car. <laughs> and I forgot about that. John Cena avenged the death of Santa Claus by challenging <laughs> Del Rio to a match where he threw a bowling ball at his crotch. Oh, oh yes, I do remember that. And the reason why I remember that is because I DVR'd. Yeah, Santino, when you pause it. Uh, not Santino, uh, Del, Del Rio. Rio. When he got hit in the crotch <laughs> with the bowling ball, Del Rio is literally smiling. He's like, ah, <laughs> I wish I could do it for maybe, you folks. Maybe, there, maybe he likes that. I don't know. I don't know. But this, that, was, this a, that was a classic holiday moment. <laughs> my favorite, Matt. My favorite is, I, I believe it was a Santa's Little Helper match with Tori, Rill, Tori Wilson and someone else. Oh, Chris, you creep. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just for, for exactly the reasons that you all think that I'm being <laughs> Eggnog like and the kiddie match. pool matches. How many of those did they have? it was an opportunity to, to put the women on the show, on the main Evening card. matches. Yes, it was wonderful. And the, you know, the, the Mrs. Claus outfits didn't help. Uh, didn't hurt. Um, what, what, about, uh, what about when Austin and McMahon had uh, dueling Christmas parties? Oh and, I, yes, and, and like yes, and I, I, Stephanie McMahon showed up to both both of them, and he, she was at Stone Cold's, and he was singing Jingle Bells. While playing I remember guitar. this. It was it was on a, on a raw. I think it was on like a Christmas Eve or a Christmas yeah. Day. Uh, and and yeah, I remember like everyone was going back and forth. Th- these episodes are horrible, but yet they're so fun. Yeah, to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fun gimmicky matches. And I love how the the gimmick match now is the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight. Yeah, <laughs> um, adorable. How do the, you not love that? There was also uh, one of the very first tribute to the troops. That uh, was a great episode. Steve yeah. Austin dressed as Santa and stuns McMahon. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, that was the tribute for, tribute to the troops, which was originally in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, it was Christmas in Iraq. No, I thought it was Afghanistan. I was think it? it was called Christmas in Iraq. No, Iraq. I know they. I, oh, you're right. They, I they, yep, tell you. You're right. It is Iraq. I thought it was Afghanistan. They had done a few locations though. I think the first three were in different countries. Yeah, and then and then recently it's been in like. Uh, and then they just uh, started yeah. doing it in like Fort Hood, Texas, yeah. or something. Um, number two, uh, The Rock puts his own spin on the Twelve Days of Christmas. Mm, I vaguely remember that. Uh, among the twelve were sharpshooters, spine busters, rock bottoms, people's elbows, and plenty of eyebrow raising. It was very simple. Yeah. Setting, but the Rock had the crowd eating out of the palms of his, palms oh, yeah, of his hand. Oh sure. that, That's a crystal. <laughs> that is a crystal sal quote. <laughs> and I think there was another. There was a, a. I think a Triple H and Mick Foley. Some type of Santa street fight thing. Well, I know there's. Well, I, I don't know if it was Mick Foley, but it was a Big Show and Jericho match. Jericho dressed up like Santa. There was one year where Big Show dressed up as like the New Year's baby. Yes, I remember that. was horrifying. <laughs> uh, He's laughing yeah. all the way to the bank. Speaking of people who like to dress up, Mick Foley, as we all know, is a big, big, big Christmas believer. Uh, he, he dresses up Christmas, like Santa. Yeah. He dresses up like Santa all the time. Uh, he showed up at Raw... Dressed as Santa when he wasn't even supposed to be on the show. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so th- that that's a nice little touch that Foley has. Jolly um, old Saint Nick. Yeah, Jolly old Saint Nick. Uh, what about for you, Chris? There's a there was DX. Uh, they give some gift ideas from about ten years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with my Santa's little helper match. <laughs> it's not even on the list, but I can do what I want. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, the the DX gift idea thing was uh, Triple H asked uh, Shawn Michaels if he wanted a blanket at some point, uh, but he refused, saying that his arms might get cold if he had to try to reach something. <laughs> okay. And uh, and Triple H had the perfect solution of having a DX snuggie. Yes, oh, that, God, that's yes. when they did that weird degeneration lame thing. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but the, 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 this list that I have pulled up has, like, very vague sure. memories. Like, I mean, I mean, holiday shows for Raw and SmackDown are generally pretty good in the, on yeah. the day. Because, you know, it, it's, it's supposed to be a lighthearted day and people don't really want to watch... Well, Nobody's really watching. And, and yeah, I, I was glad to hear that WWE originally was going to do both, like New Year's Eve, like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day shows were going to be live, but that's not no that is no longer yeah, the case. Yeah, they're they're taping them now, which thank which is good. Because I, I would feel bad watching a live episode of like you know on Christmas Eve when I you know see these wrestlers that we love day you know week in week out. Yeah, like I don't want them to ha- have fun with their family. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But if anybody has, if anybody has any of uh, your own favorite holiday uh, WWE moments, feel free to uh, email us or drop us a line. Empty Arena Show at we want to email hear from our fans. It'll... I'm sorry. Wow. Empty Arena Podcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at Empty Arena Show. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Like us, love us, rate us, please. Please, 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 on iTunes. Like us, love us, and gotta have us. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we got a tip. Then we should start saying it <laughs> after that. <laughs> Don't forget to check out the dank memes on the Instagram channel, Empty Arena Podcast. And uh, I, check check us out, check out uh, Twitter and all that fun jazz for polls, questions, and answers sessions. I, I recently had to explain to my father what a dank meme was. How did that I'm conversation still go? not perfectly clear what a dank meme is, but... I do like watching, hearing you say it. Dank memes. Yeah. I bet all of our uh, parents and uh, hey, still older peers uh, would make incredible dank memes if we asked them to. <laughs> and I think I think next week or you know the our next episode we're gonna talk. We're gonna have a special episode. Yes. Next week. You want John? Would you like to announce uh, the award show that we're, that's coming up? Yes, we're gonna have the first annual empties. The empties. Like the Dundies? Like the Dundies. Or like, like the, the Slammies. <laughs> like the Oscars. The Emmys, the Tonys. The Slammies. I, guys, I, I, I originally was going to host the empties, but then there was a tweet uh, from seven years ago where I said, fuck homework, and um, I can no longer, I can no longer uh, fulfill the hosting duties of the empties. But don't worry, I will uh, point out your detractors and the uh, negative tweets that they put out as well and call out the hypocrisy, so I got your back, Andrew. Thank you. Me three. <laughs> so, on that note, thanks for listening, and we will... And have a Merry Christmas. Yes, yes, I almost forgot. Yes, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. On that note... And a very Happy New Year. Well, we're going to we're gonna hear from them and talk to them before New Year's, Chris. Just in case we forget. Just in case. Happy just in New case. Year. All right. We, we can't them. promise them the empties and not and not bring it to them because that'll be fun. But on that note, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.